shooter. If I've been out here selling myself short, pushing for less just for the love of the sport and no gimmies. Clear to see it, send me the vibe. But the hustle is not only taking the strides to see more better, not only more cheddar. Talk it like I walk it, call it poor man special. Seen more than envy in the eyes on my drive. Lessons over losses just to keep my sister proud. Can't describe the time it took just for me to hold my head instead of showing all my knowledge, slow to speak instead. And beyond that, I learned how to finesse the force direct with my mouthpiece. That's verbal in the course. What's head? Welcome back, world, to the Verbal Intercourse Podcast. It's been a minute. I've been grinding, been hustling. A lot of, lot of things hit me in life, a lot of great things. So, so yeah, man, it's beautiful. Um, today, got some special guests. Got some Murrah brothers, some, some Murrah grads, some, some guys I've known for a very long time, man. And uh, we, we, we here to talk about this Dion situation. Dion dipped out dipped out of jackson state dipped to colorado and it's it's been crazy all over social media it's been on cnn it's been on every major black platform major platforms period and everybody has an opinion so shout out to charles andrews and murrah we call them bulldogs shout out to eric nelson e-dub that's what we call them at murrah um two guys that play football at murrah who've been in the trenches kind of can give you an insight on both on i would say both sides of the spectrum so uh shout out to them guys man um we're gonna start out with eric just introduce yourself and you know tell us what you do okay what's up world uh my name is eric nelson uh like nick said man aka uh e-dub man that's what they used to call me man in my in my murrow days uh you know before before i get started man i just want to thank nick man personally man just for having me on uh you know because you know he didn't have, i know he got a, he know a lot of people man you know uh and stuff like that so i just really appreciate him uh for having me on uh you know i don't take that for granted uh and i just appreciate that but uh what i do man i'm, I'm a teacher uh i'm a teacher and a football coach at terry high school this is my ninth year teaching um i started off at callaway i was at callaway from 2014 to 17. uh then i left callaway I went back home for one year at Merle in 2018. Um, then after 2018, I went down to Hattiesburg in 2019. Um, I was at Hattiesburg High in 2020. I came back to Callaway, uh, but we had a COVID year that year, so we didn't get a chance to play. And that's how I got at Terry. So I came to Terry in 2021. So I'm in, I'm in my second year. Uh, so I'm teaching and, and coaching. It's a, it's a career, you know, that I really love doing. Uh, it's a passion of mine, even being in the classroom teaching. You know, it's just really something that I just really enjoy. You know, I, I just love going to work every day, you know, just having a having an impact on on young people's lives, you know. So that's what I do, man, just teaching, coaching, just trying to trying to change the uh, change the world one day at a time. Hey, bro, that's beautiful, man. Appreciate you for being on the platform, brother. And uh, you, you also played in college a little bit, right? I did, I did. So after I left, after I left Merle, I got a scholarship to uh, East Central Community College, where I played two years. Uh, and after those two years, man, it, it was it, man. You know, hey, and that's why I'm coaching that. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, you get on them levels. Hey, I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. Each level is harder and harder. You know, uh, and man, after them two years, man, it, it was pretty much a wrap for me. You know, uh, and things like that. And there's no shame in that. You know, I tell guys that all the time. You know. Cause a lot of people don't even get a chance to get to that college level, you know? So just to even just get there on a Juco level and kind of experience it, man, it was kind of big now. And, uh, you know, the same experience, you know, that I had now, man, I kind of get to share with these younger guys, man, that, uh, that I coach every day now. So, but yeah, after I, uh, after I left East central, uh, I came to Jackson state and I finished in 2013 and I finished and I got my bachelor's and, uh, I got my bachelor's in criminal justice. Oh, dope, dope, dope. Mm -hmm. All right, Bulldog. Yeah, um, Charles Andrews. A lot of people know me as Bulldog back from Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, 
you know, I'm a Murrah grad, class of 2008, uh, from Jackson, born in Jackson, moved around a little bit here and there, but uh, once I hit middle school, all the way up through high school, uh, Jackson's within me. And so I took that with me everywhere I go. If you ask people, I live out here in Kansas City now, if you ask people, hey, where's Charles from? They'll say Jackson, Mississippi. They can tell you the whole story uh, just because that's my city. That's, that's, that's who I do everything. That's who I do it all for, you know, regardless of where I'm at. Um, my objective is to eventually make Jackson a place that people can, don't even have to consider leaving or going out of. Um, out, of out of high school, I was a track and field athlete, a football athlete as well, too. I uh, was pretty good at both, but definitely was way better at track and field. I won a state championship at Murrah in the discus. I uh, was an uh, honorable mention All-American in high school in the discus throw. Got a scholarship uh, to the University of Alabama. Transferred out of there to junior college for a year. Was a junior college All-American out in Coffeyville, Kansas. And then uh, took an athletic scholarship to the University of Missouri in Kansas City, where I was an all-conference athlete um, as well, too, first team. And so uh, athletic background, for sure. I wish I could have played football, but it just didn't work out in the cars for me. Um, the free money was in track and field, but, um, you know, it was a blessing in disguise today. Uh, I work in commercial finance and I work as a business consultant um, outside of that for myself. And my whole objective is just to be able to uh, create more opportunities for people. That's, that's really the thing that drives me. And so, uh, like I said, Jackson's home, even when I'm not there. And I'm excited to talk once again, like what Eric said, Nick, appreciate you for letting me on the podcast. Um, definitely going to have to bust your head a couple of times over the music takes in the future because I'll be seeing them, you know, but I think this year we might align a little bit with what we got. But excited to talk today about um, just how we feel about what's going on at Jackson State, a place that all of us care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most, de- most definitely. Like, you know, I think, you know, regardless and uh, yeah, appreciate you for being on the podcast bulldog but uh yeah i think all of us you know whether you graduated from jackson state or not jackson state is home if you're from jackson if you're from mississippi especially but especially if you're from jackson i'm a you know i'm a jackson state grad uh 2011 and uh and i think uh you know looking at the football team the, the the past two years i think that's the most fun i've had going to jackson state games like ever you know and i grew and and i've been going to jake state games since i was like uh at least four or five years old back back when we was winning swag championships like and back when we was competing for swag championships every year so with uh you know the but the city has been crazy especially via social media everybody been you know expressing themselves giving a hot takes cold takes funny takes you know, everybody been been up in in an uproar about you know what's going on. So um, I follow both of y'all on social media, so I kind of I kind of know where y'all kind of stand. But I would I would like to see you know what 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 y'all got to say about the current situation. So we're gonna start off with E Dub. How how you feel about Prime leaving? Well, Dion leaving. And going to Colorado after a two and a half year stint from and, and I kind of ask you first because because you a coach and and you a black coach and you know how hard it is to move up. But we ain't just talking about a normal black man. We talking about Deion Sanders. So I I kind of me personally, I kind of feel like, OK, we talk about black coaches and we talk about Deion Sanders. I kind of feel like that, that that really don't align. You know what I'm even though it kind of did but but uh talk to me a little bit about how you feel about it well man this is a subject man that you know uh it's kind of man i'm really kind of passionate about because uh i I, you know we've we've been debating it on twitter man and the the way i feel about it uh i kind of this is this is my thinking on it uh i get i get what he's doing you know, by taking the Colorado job, uh, I, I see why a lot of people in the community is kind of upset. But this is my whole take. When he first got that job, my mind, I knew when he first got it that he was probably going to be here maybe two to three years max. I mean, max. Uh, now, I know he got up there and he was talking to all this, you know, this Jane talking about how he was going to change everything. But if, if a lot of people remember, before he got the Jackson State job, 
he was in talks of possibly getting that Florida State job. You know what I mean? So just by knowing my background on that, I knew that he was really just using Jackson State to get to where he was trying to go. Uh, you know, I don't – and I don't want to get off subject. I don't really – you know, because I'm in a sports talk group on Facebook, man, and I said it from the get-go. You know, I just don't like how he came off. I kind of saw through all that. I saw I saw through the facade that he was putting out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, number one, because, you know, me being a coach, we I've had two former players that's been in that locker room that's been around him. You know what I mean? Uh, had a former player at Callaway, had a former player at Terry. You know what I'm saying? And the things that they told me wasn't, wasn't a shock. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I feel like he did what he came to do at Jackson State. You know, uh, and I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, Jackson State, we've been relevant. I mean, which that's true. But I'm looking at, you know, the last seven years, I would say since Cummings left, you know, the program has been, you know, it's been down. The attendance wasn't very good. Uh, you know, losing seasons. You know, I think they went through a pile about three different coaches, Hal Mummy, Tony Hughes. Uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, but, we, we, you know, we've been through a couple coaches. You know, I think he I think he set out what he came to do. He said he wanted to get big time. The, the thing is, you know, everybody thought that you couldn't get big time players to – to, to swag schools, you know, anymore, you know, ever since, you know, the, the, the PWIs, you know, st you know, started letting us get more, you know, start letting black people get more, you know, uh, into, into those type of schools. So uh, he came, he, you know, he, he, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He brought in big time recruits. Uh, he did that and he won, you know, so I, I think he came, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, I didn't look at it. I didn't believe all the hype that he was talking, you know, all the talk. And I guess that's why I'm just not so disappointed because I knew from day one what the goal was going to be for him, you know. And, of course, you know, this is his first head coaching job, so he's trying to make an impression. So, of course, man, it's, it's a lot of politics in it, so he's going to say what he can do to win everybody over. I mean, that's just the job of a coach. You got to get everybody to believe. I mean, exactly, you know, what he was talking about. So, you know, it, you know, to close all up, man, I, I'm not – you know, I'm not shocked at what he did. Uh, I think he came here and did what he did. And, I mean, I, I think he did some stuff uh, that's never been done here. You know what I'm saying? Like the game day, uh, the things like that. Now, the big crowds was at Jackson State, but it's been a long time you know, since those things happened. So, that, that's kind of my take on it uh, without just, you know, talking too long on it. You know, uh, I think he came and did, you know, what he set out to do. Hey, that's – I think that's a – that's a good way to look at it because, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of was into what he was saying. Yep. yep. And and to me, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it's a term called a messiah complex. Some yep. people say savior. Mm -hmm. complex. Mm -hmm. And and when you when you know, like we all from Jackson, like we got we hold sentimental value mm -hmm. to the school, the programs and stuff like that. So for him to I think I think he might have came to Jackson yep. State, like I think right after George Floyd was murdered or yep. somewhere around close he, to that. He did. He so did. which is a very I would say uh a very sensitive time to be mm -hmm. doing yep. stuff like that. You see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. So so for him to come out and say, Oh yeah, well, I want to build an HBCU, mm -hmm. my whole thing is yeah. Two years, yeah, ain't gonna cut it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Go, yeah. go ahead, Gorda. I want to hear what you gotta say. Yeah, man. You, and you know me, man. I get, I get the business side of it. I get the, mm -hmm. the idea of stepping into a greater role, and that's and and you've heard people multiple times say, "We're not upset that you're stepping into a greater role." It's the fact that you hung your message on mm -hmm. the back in on, on the on the idea of capitalizing on black trauma. And I, I I just like using that trauma word because it is it's so easy to use. But you you spoke about things beyond football. And my issue is, is when you go beyond football, now we got to look at beyond football stuff. Because, you know, a lot of times our people can be the most skeptical. We're, we're honestly some of the most pessimistic because of things that have been done to us. You know, why our expectation for ourselves that we even deserve nice things a lot of times isn't that high at all. 
So we all three said, we just said here, when we saw they got the job, we're like, we'll see yeah. what it does. Because we, in our mind, history has shown us over and over, we are not deserving or we, we can't maintain success at a high level or nice things at a high level. Mm-hmm. The grass is always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so when you got a coach who comes in and talks about believe and God gave you a vision, vision is long term. He didn't yeah. say a glance. He didn't say like for two years. He said a vision. And he talked about things like why are HBCU players feel like they have to go outside of HBCUs to be successful? Why yes, do sir. our kids? He didn't say player. He said our kids. Why do our kids feel like they can go somewhere else and be taken care of better than they can do with their own people? So you're pulling at these emotional heartstrings mm-hmm. of people. But then yeah. you 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 start to you you start pushing the God message down people's throat. And you know, people that's a that's a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. But black people are some of the most be- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bible some of the most believing people though that there is in God. So when you say that, you know, we're like, all right, man, God, look, you know what? Let, let's put some faith into it. Let's put our money behind them. You know what? Let's go buy the merch. Let's go put dollars in the community. People like myself, you know what? I, I'm skeptical because I don't want to see when he leaves how it's going to hurt the city because I can tell he's ready to get up out of there. It's the nonverbals. It's when you've been around people who aren't from Jackson, you can tell, oh, they can't make it here. Their skin's not tough enough. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the fact that his entire uh, team around him, that barstool team, was pretty much white people around him. It was all these little small things that showed me like the the over the over exaggeration of character mm-hmm. yep. as well too. It just seemed a little too forced to produce. And so, but people like me, you know, it's like, all right, man, well, let me let me believe. Let me put my money, let me go start buying fights to come down to Jackson, support, watch mm-hmm. the games. Let me make sure I'm telling people around here, around Kansas City, hey, this 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 man said he's really changing things. You know, people say, Well, how long did you expect him to say? It wasn't necessarily that I expected him to stay for even beyond three years or four years, mm-hmm. but I expected with the with how pristine the message was and how cultivated his his position was that he would have a strategic exit, would be really transparent about it, and we wouldn't be ha- we wouldn't have to worry about job offers or him taking mm-hmm. job offers after year one. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that with as clear as he was communicating everything else. That probably could have been communicated a lot better. I'm sure him and Ashley Robinson had conversations on the back end. Well, that's on them to kind of set the, the community up and things like that. You think about the recruiting cycle this year. They talk about that he left the school better. Look at 24-7 sports right now. Look at Jackson State's recruits. There are none. Who has been recruiting for Jackson State? Look at the kids that have transferred out of there today. So when people say he left the program better, what do we get? You got a new practice field, right? Okay, you got a new facility. That's cool. That's great. But does that create long term change? You got some temporary eyes on the program. That's cool. How many times have we seen something be put under the spotlight? And then when the 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 guy of the show, because he made it about him, whether it was intentional or not, leaves that that spot, that that excitement wanes off. Like, are we going to see those same people come back? You know, was there was there what was the recruiting message to the kids that were trying to come to Jackson State? Right. And so, like, these are all the little things I think about and like. You have a, are we really going to be happy with a flash in the pan of greatness only to be set back 10, only be set back 10, 20 years? I, I like to compare it to LSU. Coach Orgeron had that, that 2019 squad mm-hmm. going crazy, mm-hmm. but it was built on the wrong foundation. It wasn't mm-hmm. sustainable things. And look how bad LSU fell back. They had to go get a dog like Brian Kelly to come in. It's crazy. I just called Brian Kelly a dog, but they had to get <laughs> Brian Kelly to come in. And we don't have that type of money to do that type of stuff. And so my whole thing is like when at the end of the day, it's like it's not the fact that you went and got a better job, but you tug on the people in my community. You have people who never even cared about football there to support yeah. because of what it was doing for the city. And you kept talking more and more about our people, HBCUs as a whole. Yeah, you did the combine thing. But at the same time, man, your actions have shown the subtle actions have shown you never wanted to be there. And for people like myself, people who really have been through things and we're we're looking for something to trust and build in, but we've been jaded. When we see people come in and prove once again, like, man, I'm out. And then to finish my last to finish my point on that, you go to the whitest of white institutions for the most part, a program that's one in 11. And you tell those kids like I got to have the video, the kids saying thank you. 
that's great media. That's great production. But you leave the same night, stop those kids from celebrating on the field, leave the same night, and you, you talk about how you're excited to be around these white people at this college, at this institution. Everything you spoke against, you're excited about. Now, you had your son, who was the best quarterback that Jackson State's probably ever seen, 30 minutes after winning a championship on that plane with you, we're in a Colorado gear. So you you reneged on everything what you did. And what it looks like is you used Jackson State as a stepping stone. Yeah, you did you did a lot of good, but it wasn't just good for us. It was good for you as well, too, to show those other people like, hey, this is why I should be your coach. And guess what? You did what you had to do. You got that first offer and the first offer that said you could get out of this city. Um, you took. And what does that leave in the mental mindset of us of saying, like, man, people really can't believe in Jackson and do it for the love? I'll, to me today, I don't know if that's possible. That's deep, bro. Because, but I will say this: like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why. I kind of, you know, you, you right. He tugged on the people and their sensitivities of being from Jackson and other things. But I would actually see him in the community as far as like, and in different bars, different spots, and and me seeing him out here made me think, okay, you know, maybe, maybe he do kind of like it out here. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, just like you said, everybody's around you, Barstool and all these people, and then you going and talk to schools after the first year, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It, it kind of is it's kind of conflicting mm -hmm. uh, things that he showed that he showed us, which you know ultimately he did what he did. Um I wanna I wanna uh switch to this next subject. So basically Roland Martin, he he basically was like, uh, you know, it's basically HBCU's fault because HBCU alumni aren't donating money back to the schools and stuff like that. But Roland Martin, who's not an HBCU grad, who doesn't know about um, the financial situations of HBCUs. I mean, if you look at I, I was looking at the percentages today and I think 13 percent of PWI alumni give back. I think somewhere around seven to eight percent of HBCU alumni give back percentage wise. That's almost negligible. You know what I'm saying? As far as like now, I'm I'm not saying the the money is negligible, but people leave PWIs in a different situation. Yeah, they leave from HBCUs. People come into college mm -hmm. in a way different situation than they come into college going into a HBCU. And I just I just thought that was interesting because it kind of I've been seeing people around social media saying, well, if you ain't never been to HBCU, you don't really know what goes on. You don't really know how it works. How do y'all feel about that? Well, I'm going to start off on this, man. You know. I've always been. A big particular on us helping ourselves out. You know what I'm saying? To me, and, and I may be wrong, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I do got some views, man. You know what people may be like, man, e, you you selling. I, I wouldn't say I'm a sellout, but I'm, I'm really critical of us. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think, man, before we start reaching out, to, we got to help ourselves, man. I mean, that, that's honestly how I feel. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and I'm going to get out. I kind of compare it to the to the Black Lives Matter movement. You know what I'm saying? The reason the back the Black Lives Matter movement, man, to me, it it kind of I don't really take it serious is because, you know, we would do it's like the only time we react is when somebody's doing something to us. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta we gotta help ourselves, man. You know, you know, we sit here and we gonna rally if a if a white guy kills us, but here we are right now in the city of Jackson. And we killing each other at alarming rates. If you look at every, if you look at every city in America, you know that's that's majority black. You go to Baltimore, and it's just majority black city. You know we just killing, and it just ain't Jackson. I mean, we killing each other at alarming rates. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you know we go to these, you know, and going back to the college realm, you know we got to start helping ourselves out, man. We got to start giving back, especially the you know the people that's 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 able to do that. You know, before we start asking for handouts, you know what I'm saying? That that's that's kind of like my view on it. I hope I'm answering your question, man. I just kind of feel like, man, we just gotta do a better job of coming together, you know. And and it's like this, and even in my in my the realm, I mean, even in the coaching world, man, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's almost kind of like when all of us get on the same staff, it's almost kind of like crabs in a bucket. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We kind of pulling each other down. You know what I mean? Like we, we got to start helping each other, you know? Uh, and, and that's really how I feel about it, man. You know, I always kind of feel like when things are not going our way, we always kind of, uh, we always kind of look to, uh, blame or try to find a reason to why we can't do this or why this is not happening. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's kind of just kind of how I feel. I just believe we just got to do better coming together, man. You know, if anything, this Dion situation is taught, it's like, we don't need, we don't need a guy like Dion Sanders to come in for all of us to come together and do what we did. You know what I'm saying? As far as getting Jackson State back going. Because I'm going to just be honest with you. I feel some type of way today that I know Coach Tony Hughes. Okay? Now, I'm kind of getting off subject a little bit. You kind of got to, you know, tell me to give, you know, but I'm just, Tony Hughes was the coach that came before uh, Dion Sanders. I know Tony Hughes personally. I met him a, I met him a bunch of times. That guy's probably one of the most genuine coaches that I've ever met. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about a guy who would give his shirt off of his back and really deserve to stay at Jackson State. But you know what? Jackson State didn't give him, didn't wasn't wasn't trying to help him. They wasn't trying to help give money. They wasn't trying to help build that program up. You know what I mean? But then a guy like Dion comes in and just because he's a big name and they give him everything he he needs. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, so that that's what I'm saying, man. You know, we we just got to do a better job of of just helping each other out, man, and just coming together as a people, man. Yeah, yeah I, I feel that. I think, you know, I I definitely agree with what you're saying, and but also people, somebody would say, well, Dion's supposed to be our people. That's who he posed as. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so in this instance, it would he he's supposed to have been our people helping mm-hmm. our people. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it ended up, you know, he he did help us. You know, I, I I will not sit here and lie and say he did not help us. Yeah, is is I think what pissed people off the most is like we've all said it's the message, mm-hmm. and even with him going to Colorado. It's the messages that he's sending those people in Colorado on, on, on national on national TV. You know what I'm saying? He's basically saying stuff like "crime free," uh, you the know, air is cleaner up there. Times in a row, air is cleaner, crime free. Uh, it's crazy. I I was uh, <laughs> I even uh, I, I was sitting there listening to um, dang Jason Whitlock, and I was like. Ain't no way in hell I'm agreeing with what the hell he's saying, but <laughs> it's it's bad when you like it's it's tough when I have to agree with Jason Whitlock. Now I don't follow no Jason Whitlock or nothing like that. His 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 segment about Dion just passed by on my Twitter timeline, and I just was like, for Jason Whitlock to understand, and for and for some of the people, especially Dion, to not understand, that's insane. What you think about it, Bulldog? Yeah, no, you're right, man. I mean, I think here's the thing, too. If Dion said those, if a coach, a white coach said those same things Dion said, all of Jackson would be ready to go up to Boulder, Colorado right now. You know, <laughs> so that's that's one thing. He was talking a little res- a, a little reckless, and, and so is his staff once again. But And to go back to what Roland Martin says, you know, I, I'm, I'm a business guy, I'm a finance guy, and in stats you have, um, you've got your, you got your basic stats, and then you got, like, Okay, how are the stats skewed? You got stats within stats. So when he talks about like what you were saying, Nick, like, you know, 13% of PWIs give, you know, okay, well, HBCUs aren't that far behind with 8%. Mm -hmm. Let's also take into account, too, that there's probably 20, 30, there's probably two, three times more students that go to these PWIs as well. But my real question is what kind of government, let's look at the government fund comparisons. Let's look at the grants and everything as well, too. You know, That's let's true. look at what they what their already established programs are bringing in financially on on a, on a yearly basis. Things that we can't necessarily compete with. So to say that is is extremely deflective. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think for me, when people talk about like uh, what we could do more as a city, Eric mm-hmm. Eric Vic to be hit the nail on the head. Like, why does it take Dion? Yeah. My only response to that would be, well, because. You, when you hire somebody, the first thing you do is you say, look at a, let let me look at a resume because if I'm going to invest my time, my emotions into this, I need to know that there's going to be fruit that comes back from it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. As much as I love to say that, like, my word is bond and you should just trust me on my word. That's just not how our culture can act today. And that's honestly something we have to change and work on. But Dion comes in, the guy who we everybody looked up to. It wasn't like he was just an ordinary guy. I mean, Eddie George went to TSU and I'm sure great things are happening, but it's not the Dion effect. Mm-hmm. It, this is one of our in our heads, our greats. So when you hear that, it's like if Barack Obama says, hey, I want to come down and be, teach a class at JSU. Mm-hmm. That, that, sorry, E, you could go teach the same class. Know mm-hmm. it more. But if Barack comes mm-hmm. because of what he's done, the whole yeah. vision that he's giving you, mm-hmm. I do think that we have to come together. And I think that's the biggest thing I picked from this. Um, actually, yeah. it motivated me so much. I started reaching out to people in Jackson. And I said, man, who are people in Jackson that you know are committed to Jackson to getting things done? Because it's going to take people in Jackson to really like, I mean, sacrifice to, to bring it forward. Sacrifice doesn't mean you can't financially prosper, but you have to always in the back of your mind say, hey, this is a long-term commitment. And I think we could do that. I think you could do that at Jackson State. I think you could create it. And somebody said, why isn't there an NIL program at Jackson State? You know, why is it the fact that, you know, we may not be able to get four or five stars? I say we, I didn't go to Jackson State, but I'm from, I grew up Horseshoe Circle Lanier, like right by Lanier. So mm-hmm. I heard the boom on the weekends, like all that. Murrow, we right across from the stadium, mm-hmm. right? I would I would have went to Jackson State had they had a track program at the time that like fit that if they would at least offer me, I asked them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how do we get? How do we? How do we fix? How do we create an NIL program to get some of these three stars and some of these maybe lower four stars? Those are things that we have to take the initiative on the lead, but at the same time, still. Um, we we it's okay for us to say like hey yo we would really appreciate support some support from outside because there's too many people who've been talking about they're with the movement you know too many sports personalities that say they're with the movement yeah then at the last minute if it's in front of a camera you don't see them to be heard yeah we need people to understand like this goes beyond just winning football program you know we weren't excited Mm -hmm. beyond was there because jackson state was going to be a good program again we were excited because, like, when we were there for homecoming, everybody was there in the city for homecoming. Mm-hmm. Downtown is packed. You know, every you couldn't get into a place. Millions of dollars, 12, or 30, 20, 30 million dollars brought into the city. You know, and I, I think those are things that um, we need people to see because Jackson needs that, needs that outside help. And, you know, it starts with us for sure. But at the same time, too, man. I don't want to hear anybody else talk about change. That's my, I don't hear anybody else talk about change. Mm-hmm. If yep. They're not going to really put the boost to ground. If I don't see boost to ground, you know, what, yep. whatever you say to me, it just goes in one ear. While I, yep. I, I, I hate when people just have a camera and yep. that's they want to talk about it. But yep. like you said, Nick, you saw Dion out sometimes. Yeah. Now that's still strategic to me. That's still Brandon. Nick Saban shows up the football games on the play and the chopper, he comes down. Yeah. Right. But at the same time though, like, I want to see people that are around it. You know, yeah. I think of people like Christian Vance. Christian Vance is one of the guys yeah. that. Yep. Hands yep. down. Christian Vance asked me today. Yes, sir. Certain amount of money. If I don't have it, but he say hey, I'm putting this to put towards this, mm-hmm. I'm gonna at least try to do my best to rally that money up to put it behind him because he's one of those people who got boots on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, man, I think, I think you know, that savior complex that I was talking about yep. earlier, earlier. Um, it's just one of those things that we kind of got to get out of our minds, man. We kind of got to just put it together. Yep. And you're right. It, it just it just starts with us. It starts with the community. It starts with the alumni, uh, all of those things. Um, so for my last question, what do y'all think the outlook of Jackson State football will be in the in the near future? Because I think this next hire will be mm-hmm. – probably the toughest thing that an yep. athletic director has shit, maybe possibly ever had to do, yep. <laughs> especially yep. on the HBCU platform, like yeah. to, to have such a polarizing figure come down, coach your team for two and a half years, you lose five games in yep. two and a half years, um, two swag championships, uh, yep. undefeated season, something that we ain't never had an undefeated season, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like what 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 would y'all like to see happen as far as coaching for Jackson State and um yeah tell me your future outlook on on the program 
So, you know, I, I start this one off, man. We man, we be talking about this in the coaching office. I don't talk to scouts about this. The first thing that has to happen. See, this, this is the thing about Jackson State. Jackson State can't be going to look to go go Hollywood. See, that's the only thing I don't I don't like that we always feel like we gotta do. Cause if you try to go Hollywood again, you're gonna have the exact same thing that happened. Guy gonna be you know, I've been hearing stuff about Ray Lewis and you know, oh, just different, different. You know, I know that ain't gonna happen. But my thing is, if you just go out the big name, you are gonna set yourself up again. Guy gonna be here for one or two years, and he gonna be gone. I think what you gotta do, you gotta go get a coach who knows Jackson State, who knows Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? I tell you, the guy that they should go get is Chris Jones at Starkville. You know what I'm saying? The head coach at Starkville. Number one, he's one of us. He's a young guy, Chris Jones, maybe 38. To me, I'm not going to say he's done all he can do on high school, but he's won two state championships. He just won at Starkville Saturday, beating Brandon. You know, he uh, won one at Kemper County. Uh, he's a Jackson State grad, one of the best receivers ever in the history of Jackson State. Mm -hmm. You know, the first the first thing, I'm going to tell you something that was Danners with, with Dion. I'm very passionate about this because this is one of the reasons I, I saw straight through that whole facade that he did. You know, you have to read, you have to, he had, whoever the next coach is, the first thing they have to do, they have to go fix the relationships that they destroyed with the JUCOs and the high schools. Yeah. Deion Sanders did never, never, and I'm going to tell you all this now, I met Terry. Y'all know how far Terry is from Jackson. It may be 20 miles, yeah. okay? Terry's in the backyard of Jackson State, and we never once saw a Jackson State scout at our school. Yeah. That's That's ridiculous. Okay, so the first thing, you know, he they have to they have to fix that relationship. Man, we was at a coaching clinic, and I'm gonna tell y'all this: we we was at a coaching clinic. You know, we have a coaching clinic every July. You know what I'm saying? And you know, that's usually when college staffs come around. Jackson State never came; like it, they were just non-existent. Everybody on that roster that he had was either transfer portal. It was no miss. They may have three Mississippi guys on there. Like for me, being a coach, that bothers me. That you don't have no Mississippi guys. Number one, you're right in the heart of Jackson. And people can say whatever they want to say about JPS, but we still got great athletes in JPS. You know what I'm saying? Not, not recruit none of those guys. So the first thing they have to do, man, they have to get a coach who's dedicated to, re to, to building this thing back up. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing that has to happen. I think second, uh, and this is what this is why I, you know, where I'm saying how Dion. I feel like he left it in a great spot. And the reason I'm saying this is because facility-wise, that was always the big issue. You know, mm -hmm. even when I had former players, you know, we had Malik Heap that was at Callaway. You know what I'm saying? And we had a bunch of guys, you know, that I coached at Callaway, and they said the only thing that was stopping them from going there was facilities. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Since Dion's been there, man, look at that locker room they got. You know what I mean? Look at the practice field that they got. Now, they got a third practice field. You know what I'm saying? So – Whoever the next guy is has to has to keep that momentum. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing, they got to be able to recruit. And whoever that next guy has to be able to, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what those guys are going to do in the portal, but I always feel like, you know, you have to recruit high school kids and develop. You know, this transfer portal, to me, if I'm a coach, I, I think it's good if you, have, if you have certain spots on your team. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I need an extra offensive lineman. I don't believe in, in recruiting the whole transfer portal for your team. Because, number one, if those guys transfer once, they'll do it again. You know what I'm saying? I just honestly feel like you have to go Juco at high school, you know, to have a book of your team. So, to me, I just feel like, man, they got to get a guy who's passionate about Jackson State, who who loves Jackson State, you know, and who's really dedicated to, man, to really, you know, keeping up the momentum that Dion had. And what we have to do as Jacksonians, we have to realize nobody, you know, we have a part in this too as fans. We have to realize that nobody, whoever the next guy is, is not going to be Dion. Yeah. So we have to go ahead and get that out of our head. It's not. It's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just. I mean, I'm. I'm just being a realist. It, it, they're not gonna be Dion. So we have to embrace whoever we have and just, you know, support. You know, I think that's what it. I, I don't. I think the person who's coming in is coming in. Will uh, you know, he's coming in and you know, a whole lot better than what it was three years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I think that person just has to keep the momentum and just recruit. I don't think Jackson State, I think we're I think we're in really good shape, you know. Uh so you I think, think you just got to keep uh, the momentum. Do you think uh 
because I don't know why, you know, I know you know more about this than I do, but do you think the the person that they hire should already be like a college coach in a sense so that he can already have like those connections on that level? Because wouldn't it be hard to just hire a guy? Now, it would be better, I think, like you said, to hire a guy that, that you know, might be coming from high school, home, mm -hmm. and, and ready to get out there, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? grateful to be there mm -hmm. to kind of build with them but to have to to like what i'm saying is if you don't want a major drop off mm -hmm. wouldn't it be better to kind of hire a guy that's been coaching in college so he could maybe bring some guys with him like Dion taking guys with him you see what i'm saying yeah i, I see what you're saying i i think that's kind of i'm just gonna be honest with you you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that kind of thinks outside the box, and I think yeah. it's I think it's realistic. Like Chris Jones is real respected, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and I know, he, I know he a legend I, at Jack State. Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of I know a lot of coaches know Chris. You're talking Chris about Chris Jones. Jones that went to Murrah? Yeah. No, Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones. Uh, he graduated. Uh, I don't know what high school he went to, but I know he graduated from Jackson State. It ain't oh, Chris okay. Johnson, not not oh, Chris okay. Johnson. Yeah, okay. yeah this is Chris Jones. He played receiver at uh, like yeah. I said, he 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 played at uh. At Jackson State, uh, because I think what you get when you get a guy like I, I think, I think you just kind of got to think outside the box, man. Uh, you know, I, I feel like he can kind of go either way, uh, but I, I know Chris know a lot of people to where because you know that he can bring in that can recruit, you know, because he'll probably bring in some, he'll probably keep some of the staff from Jackson State, you know, and I, you know, and knowing Chris. The, the people he know, he may know some guys on that level that he may reach out to. You know what I mean? But I just know Chris will be a guy. I just thought about him because I know he'll be a guy that's well respected at Jackson State, uh, can recruit his butt off. He can relate to the players because he's a young guy. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I also don't think going to uh, – I also don't – I don't think it'll hurt going to get a college guy who's already experienced. I don't think we need to get a guy who's – you know, who's probably been coaching 15, 20 years. I think we got to probably got to go find the next young and coming, maybe hot shot, maybe offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or something like that. It just has to be somebody, number one, it has to be somebody with a little bit of swagger too because you have to have somebody that can be able to reach these kids these days. You know, you can't have just a bland guy. You got to have somebody that got a little swagger to themselves and got to, you know, that's, that's young and energetic because if you look at all these young coaches now, look at Lincoln Riley, you know, look at all these, you know, uh, Shane Beamer, at South Carolina. Look what he did. All these guys, what they have in common, even Kirby Smart, all these guys are young, energetic guys. You know what I'm saying? Who can who can reach kids, who can reach this generation's kids. These this generation kids is, is is a lot different, man. You know, you really gotta gotta get on their level for them to they need to see you relate to them like that for you know for them to be able to believe in you, man. So I just I really feel like you gotta get somebody who's hungry, man, is just you know kind of young and upcoming. You know that that's that's my that's my opinion on that. Yeah, gotta gotta have a coach that can do the gritty. That's it. That's it. Real talk. Real talk. You got Go it. <laughs> Man, he he said he he hit it with that last one too. Like you know, like you gotta have that swagger. But more than anything, just kind of reiterate, you're not gonna find another Dion. We don't need. Yep. We don't. Whoever the coach is has to be so confident in his philosophy. That's it. That he doesn't try to be Dion. He has mm -hmm. to come in from the jump and say, hey, I'm not that guy. But here's where I am. Honestly, okay, I'm going to throw this out there real quick before I get my answer. I thought, you you guys would call me crazy, I thought it was old boy down in Alabama who said he ain't swag. Mm -hmm. I mean, you throw the money out there, hey. Mm -hmm. Nah, I'm, I'm going to say, if you're going to go that route, though, real talk, I went to the Campbell and Jackson State game. Yep. That that coach, to I me. I would like to, yep. It was very impressive. You, yep. know, you know, Coach Hoskins yep. is the coach of Campbell, and I talked to him after the game. Either, either way. Okay. And he coached at Murrow. And so Hoskins was talking about what they're building there. But my, my answer is this, man. You got to have somebody like he said that has that swagger, but he has to be confidence philosophy. That's it. And it really starts with – it starts with Ashley. Ashley has to come in and say, hey, I got a Corvette sitting right here. Yep. You know, it's not – you got to learn how to drive it, but we got – you know, it's got to get a little tune-up and everything, but I got a Corvette with the facilities – with some of these players that stuck around with the excitement and there's a chip on the fan base's shoulders. So I need a guy who is willing to feed into that and say, Hey, we can be just as good. Who isn't afraid to go still swing at five stars and four stars to show yeah. the state is still an elite program. Hey, if you're in Mississippi and you got a four or five by your name, mm -hmm. 
we're there. It doesn't even matter. All I got to do is get one or two. One or two five stars can change the Jackson State program. It doesn't matter. It. So you get a guy who has that mentality of like, hey, this matters to me, but also as well, too. Like, I, I got a plan. I'm focused. And he's willing to work with the community as well, too. He understands the dynamics. And the community, like Eric said, it's a group effort. There has to be an NIL program in place. There has to be. I don't know how that works. I know we don't have – everybody doesn't have a ton of money to throw, but is there an NIL? Can we put together a program that can at least say, hey, we're doing our part? And if it's not an NIL, can we just find – what can we do to continue to create upgrades um, around the community, around Jackson State? And people? And how do we get the community to – how does this coach get the community to understand that, hey, the better you make the city, the more money that Jackson State can bring in mm -hmm. to increase the revenue in the city, right? Like Jackson State is probably the biggest money maker in Mississippi outside the Nissan plant, like probably like when you talk about just bringing in dollars from outside and everything. And so how do we get the community to understand like, hey, this is a continuous buy-in. It has to be somebody who's not afraid to speak, not afraid to share. And like you said, somebody internally, if a high school, if, if Chris, if Chris has those college level connections, those recruiting connections, like Dion didn't oh, have any, he came from high school, right? He, he mm -hmm. came from high school. He, 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 if, you put, if you know how to put the team around you, uh, people that can go get it, and there's going to be there, there are coaches who maybe they're assistant coaches, maybe they're working their way up the ranks that'll say, mm -hmm. "Hey, I'll go to Jackson State. It's got some notoriety, notoriety by its name. Um, it's going to bump me up into an old coordinator or running backs coach position a little bit faster. I still got the. I'm a young coach. I still got the prestige, the allure around my city." the allure around my state, around what I did when I was a high school athlete. So when I go talk to these kids, these kids, they saw me go compete. So I have a little bit of pool and leeway. It could work. It just has to be a coach who's not afraid to go put together a team of, ironically, what Dion says, some dogs who aren't afraid to go hit the high school trail because that's where we can win. And then you go get grad transfers. You get people who are grad transfers from Mississippi who realize they may not go to the league, but <laughs> – they still yeah. want to play football, come down to Jackson State. You don't get these young transfers. You go get the grad transfers to come in, some things like that. You go hit up the JUCOs. You build those relationships. Mm -hmm. and you understand, like, and, and, and you still, and the other thing is, too, the last thing, you hire somebody. You know, like, when I talk about NIL, go hire somebody. Go go give them a salary to go create an NIL program. Yeah, Have right. somebody who's good at that, an attorney. Somebody knows that's what LSU did. LSU went and got a, hired a, had a program put in place to go get that. Go hire a media person who's going to go out and reach out to people to still come in and advocate for Jackson State and hold those hold ESPN accountable and things like that. Go have a, a system in place. Yeah, it's going to cost you. Maybe it costs you a couple hundred thousand bucks a year. I know that's a lot that you're asking for for HBCU, but to go out and just keep that spotlight on them and hold people accountable, I think would be all right. But when it comes to the coach, the coach just has to understand that like you got to come in with a plan. And you got to do it your way, but at the same time, too, you just got to be ready to. This ain't no like, sit back. Let me see what happens. This is a the day one I come in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's keep. Let's keep things rolling. And um, I think you know you might not see, you might see a dip. And when I mean a dip, I don't expect to have a losing season. I think we'll win the chip again next year. Mm -hmm. But I think you'll you'll see Jackson State three, four, five years from now rise up, rise up to prominence of what. And I think Ashley Robinson. Could do yeah. it. That's who that's that's who I got my confidence in. Cause mm. I mean, if you just look around the whole athletic department, we thriving. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Only thing, only thing I'm waiting to see is how the boys basketball team gonna do. But as far as you know, everybody else, you know, yeah, we thriving, you know what I'm You're saying? Right. One last question for y'all go, man. Y'all think Dion gonna succeed in Colorado? Uh man, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. We, this is another question. I, I think he will. You know, at first I was wondering why in the world did he choose Colorado? But then after I said and I looked at it and I digested, UCLA and, and, and USC are moving to the Big Ten. So he doesn't have to compete against U, U, uh, USC and UCLA because, number one, those are probably two of the best coaches X and O wise that he will have to go against. You know, not disrespecting the other guys, but everybody know Lincoln Riley, man. He's just an animal. You know, it just comes to X's and O's as well as Chip Kelly. Okay. Uh, so now that leaves him, his his toughest competition is going to be Utah. Now, Utah, they Oregon, right Oregon now, they, too. huh? Oregon, too, probably. Or, yeah, Oregon and Washington. 
Yep. Um, so I would say those are probably his top three people that he has to compete against, like right now. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at the best recruiter out of those, I think Utah is number 33. I think Oregon is like 26. Washington is like 40. I heard it on like a radio show this morning. I think, man, Dion, he's already showed he can do it at an HBCU. Man, I think Dion is going to turn his portal up. I think he's going to flip this roster. Uh, I think he's going to – I say give him two years. I think I think next year – now, I looked at their skills of next year. He has to open up with TCU – and, uh, man, what was the other team? TCU in Nebraska. Okay, first of all, Matt Rule is in Nebraska. That that dude can flat out coach football. You know what I'm saying? So now he's going to go against, you know, he's got to go against some dudes. And now he's he's on even, you know, he's on even playing field. You know, here in the swag, he's just out-talented everybody. Man, when you out-talented everybody, I mean, let's be honest. We all have these guys. <laughs> yeah, when you just out talent everybody, you, them guys weren't doing a lot of coaching at Jackson State. No, you know what I'm saying? They just giving them the game plan. Hey, man, let's do this. But see, now on the level he's on, and you actually got to prepare, and you got to get ready to X and O some guys. So now we're going to see how good can he pick a staff. Yeah. But if if I say I think he – and I, to me, succeeding is – I think you have a successful season by – you're having a winning record going to a bowl game. To me, that's having a successful season. Now, I'm just, I'm that's like I said tough. again, I'm a realist. Everybody ain't gonna make the national championship. Uh-uh. To me, having a successful season is having a winning record going to a bowl game. You look at Auburn right now, they five and seven, they didn't go to a bowl game, they didn't have a successful season. But I think next year they go maybe 75. I think he goes 75 in this first year, or at least six and six. I think he makes a bowl game. Uh, but this is gonna be the biggest question. Can Shadur play on that level? Mm. And if you look at him at Jackson State now, he put up some numbers. But the reason Jackson State also, you know, they started slow a lot. And the reason being was because offensively. If you look at last year, they played South Carolina State. You know, hey, he, he you know, he didn't look too good. So Shadur that's going to be my good in, uh, in some of them swag games. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. You you know, so that I mean, this dude is gonna start going up against guys who's either, you know, that's talent wise on their same level. So yeah. that's my biggest thing. It's really gonna depend on Shadir. Cause I'm gonna just be honest with you guys and me being an offensive coordinator, man, this thing ain't really complicated in football. Everybody run inside zone, everybody run power, everybody run the same play. But Nick and, and Bulldog, it's about that dude you got at quarterback. It's a quarterback league. You know what that's I mean? Qualified pressure to put yeah, on. That's what I'm saying. Like, because it's yep. like, yep. like this, like I'm gonna get talked about terribly if you don't play well. Yep. And it's and it's crazy because it's just like you finna go from somewhere where the NFL scouts was gonna look at them anyway. Yep. You know that's what I'm saying? True. They would have never. It's it's kind of like that that player that that uh should be one and done in basketball mm-hmm. back the second yep. year. And then the yep. scout is pick them apart like yep. he don't do this well. He can't even tie his damn shoes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> it, it's like I'm gonna go from you know being 30 touchdowns in to mm-hmm. shit. This this week I'm throwing against a, a first round DB. You know what I'm saying? And the part about that on Shador is well, somebody may say, well, doesn't that prove our point about the swag? And honestly, I, I think that's the difference is like when somebody stays at, a, stays at a SWAC school for four years, this may not make the most sense. I think that the adjustment to the NFL is so vast mm-hmm. that it, and there's that developmental period that you get versus like that instant results that you have to get in college. That developmental process is so are fa- so vast compared to the college level. A lot of times you see like these SWAC guys, like they take that raw talent. They're not in their head. They take that raw talent and ability. They get around a professional coach that can coach them up and they end up having a good career. Like, oh boy, the Eagles. He was, he was, mm-hmm. what was he, like an undrafted dude or something? Yep. And, you know, he Missing. sat out for, he t- yeah, he came in and he, mm-hmm. he picked up the, but when you go to that, going from JSU to Colorado, Man. where the talent is good, but you also got to perform right now without being mm-hmm. coached up. You can't sit behind anybody. Yeah. And Bulldog, check this out. His first opponent is going to be TCU, man. Yeah. So, like, check this out, man. His last opponent is going to be North Carolina Central, who they finna play in the Celebration Bowl, to TCU. TCU's in the national – is in the playoff, man. Like, we ain't talking about no – 
Like this is this dude's first game. Like it ain't against no Austin P. Like Colorado first game is against TCU. They don't have no preseason warm-up. They not finna go play rice. You and know I, what I'm saying? You got TCU, dog. And I want to see and it's gonna be on national primetime TV. That's what I'm saying. That's I, I want to see him do. I, w- I want to see him do good because I never wish. Yep. You know that as, as yeah, much I as I love the city, like man, you know. But am, do I think Dion's going to be successful? I think for me, if he comes out and he gets like seven and five, like yeah, don't mm-hmm. have a that's that's six, successful. But that's only going to last for so long before they go. All right, yeah. Either he stays in Colorado forever, or you yeah. know he's out of there. I think you made a good point. I didn't think about USC, UCLA leaving. I think. Yeah. Thing he's doing is just to try to get in that Florida State job. That's it. That's all I think. But I, I don't I don't know if he's gonna I don't think because he hasn't really had to coach at the college level, I don't know if he's gonna be successful enough to get at Florida State. I don't know. And I I, I, I don't think so. And also as well too, like we just saw Texas AM had the number one recruiting class. That's true. For the last five years, they had That's top true. And they, that doesn't mean nothing because you Great got point. at this level. You got offensive analysts. You've got guys, defensive yep. analysts. You don't yep. even know what that – I mean, the strategy is just so much it, – is way deeper. You got to go against guys like your Nick Sabins and your Dabo Sweeney's and those guys who are still going to be able to recruit at a high level because you can't mm-hmm. get every recruit. Mm-hmm. Now you got to learn how to manage it. We don't even know if Deion knows how to manage and turn over a roster yet with all those transfers. Like, that was yep. what LSU's problem was in 2019. Like, the roster was – they were missing gaps and everything. Does he know how to recruit the top – Look, I know it's Colorado, but can he recruit those locals around there? Mm-hmm. How's he going to deal with transfers leaving? Because How's he going to deal with? Because you know, I'm going to tell you that the locals around is like 99 percent white. Yep, yeah. yep. So, <laughs> how, and what's he going to do? My my job headquarters is in, in Colorado, which is funny. But what's he going to do as well? Too is Shador um, doesn't pan Shador, out. doesn't pan out. How's he going to handle that? Yep. And is he going to be able to keep his keep himself out of it to be able to go do what he needs to do to go lead that team without Great being emotionally being emotionally pulled? So, yep. I mean, I think he'll do good, like you said. I think seven and five. If he does more, eight and eight and something, maybe. But mm-hmm. if he does better than that, you know, God bless him. Do his thing yep. as far as like for Jackson State. I think in the long run, when you look back at it, bro, I, I think Jack, from a purpose perspective, because the dude has the money. It wasn't about the money. I don't think, I mean, for him, it was the prestige of Dion. Mm-hmm. I think when you look back at it, I think he'll realize he could have did more at Jackson State, and it was a good chance for him to turn it up, but on to the next, and uh, wish, wishing the best for whoever got the next guy up. I'll still be coming to the games. And yep. I've been like, I went to Jackson State. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, man. Basically, what you know, Bulldog said. I think uh, I'm I'm not sold on him as a coach yet. Hey, I'm you know I've been to pretty much all the home games, watched all the games. I'm I'm not a football. I I watch a lot of football, but I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I know everything about football. Mm-hmm. But what I do understand, because I'm a Patriots fan, is about how coaches clock manage. Mm-hmm. And how they do normal things like like get audibles when the box is full and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a lot of stuff that I saw. Mm-hmm. Like you know, my dad was like, "I'm not convinced Dion can coach." You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we will find out. Uh, you know, I don't wish nothing bad on the kids. I hope they all play well. I don't mm-hmm. wish nothing bad on him, but you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. He left us in a way. You know, yeah. and it is what it is. But um, you know, like like Bulldog said, uh, you know, this this happened and Jackson State, we're gonna keep growing and we're yep. gonna keep doing our thing and uh, you know, we're gonna close out on that, man. I, I really appreciate both of y'all being on the platform and uh having this conversation with me tonight. And uh shoot, man, I, I hope y'all keep doing y'all thing, man. Y'all two great role models. Out of out of Murrah High School, and and you know it's it's always great to chop it up with some of my Murrah brothers, okay. and and you know guys that's doing good thing, great great husbands, great leaders, you know great fathers and everything. So yeah, man, appreciate y'all. Oh yeah, man, nigga, I appreciate it, man. What's that? Ah, uh, that rig with my mouthpiece, that's verbal intercourse, just love.